You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You're listening to BGN Radio with Brandon Lee Gowton and Jimmy Kemsky. What's going on, everybody? This is BGN Radio, episode number 286. Brandon Lee Galton of Bleeding Green Nation is my special guest today. No, I'm just kidding. He's always here. He's probably uh, the uh, head of the podcast if we're determining that between the two. Not probably. He is. Uh, I am Jimmy Kemsky from phillyvoice.com. Uh, we are recording this at Wednesday late morning. Uh, so if you're listening to this after the Phillies Astros game, apologies for this being incorrect, but the Phillies are up two one baby boom on the Astros, the cheating ass Astros. Uh, we're going to make this a quick podcast episode because I have to get to the airport mm. to get to Houston, uh, in advance of the Eagles Texans game on Thursday. We'll touch on the Eagles, uh, trade deadline inactivity at the deadline day itself. They did of course trade for Robert Quinn. Uh, but before we get to all that, I need to know where I can find them, find some meat snacks in the land. That's right, Jimmy. Oh, you actually found some at the Eagles Novacare Complex the other day. You saw, you took a picture, you sent it to Dan Klausner, uh, and and, mm-hmm. and me and Dave. And yeah, we've talked before on on the podcast about how the Eagles, yes, uh, you know, they consume it's at the facility fell on beef jerky at the facility, and yeah, I actually did see it there. On, I guess that would have been Tuesday, yesterday. I saw him yesterday. Uh, I took a picture, like you said. They had OG Hickory was what was uh, on display. Uh, They have a little food station that's it's a hallway that that um, divides the locker room and the weight room. So they have it right there outside the weight room, more so than the locker room, uh, so they can fuel up for their workouts or you know get some protein into them after their workouts. So yeah, if you're not eating. Right, just found beef jerky. Then you're a loser because the Eagles eat them, eat it, and they're seven and zero, right. and they're winners. Obviously, right. like if you're an Eagles fan, you know, uh, and you love everything Eagles. I mean, wouldn't you also maybe love the thing that they have there, at the fueling station, at the, their snacks? So go to RightToSellEm.com, use discount code BGN15 for fifteen percent off your order. Help support the podcast. Also puts you in sync with your favorite uh, football team. Uh, and the last thing I'll say really quick, Jimmy, is that. Yes, Philly's up 2-1. Love to see it. I'm going to the game tonight. Excited. Phillies, nice. Phillies have really? yeah, Phillies have not lost when I've gone to see them this year. Um, so, you know, let's keep that going. And potentially... It's gorgeous out today, too. What's that? Yeah, gorgeous out. The weather is it's gorgeous. And for anyone listening to this potentially on Thursday, people getting around to it later, Phillies might be up 3-1 and one at this point with a chance to close out on Thursday night. Wow. Crazy. Crazy. All right, so let's get to the Eagles trade deadline first. I think uh, they didn't make any trade deadline day moves. I thought they were going to trade for a running mm. back. I mean, that's sort of what I had heard, that they were looking hard at running backs. I think they were in on Naheem Hines, who ultimately went to the Bills. I think there was some level of interest in Kareem Hunt. Uh, the Browns wanted a fourth-round pick for him. 
Eagles didn't have a fourth, fifth, or sixth round pick in 2023. So they can't give the Browns a four. And then what do you do instead? Do you give a three and then you get like a, a like a five back mm-hmm. along with Kareem Hunt? Do you give a 2023, or excuse me, a 2024 third round pick? No, I think the Eagles value future picks similarly to current picks, whereas maybe the rest of the league does not. So I don't think that that was ever going to be an option well, on the table for the Eagles. Not every trade uh, I and, think that in Kerry Vincent trade might say otherwise, but anyway. Yeah, <laughs> the uh, the compensation that uh, the Bills gave up for Naheem Hines was what, a six that could become a five. And the Bills also gave them a running back of their own Zach in Moss, Zach Moss. Yeah. So it's hard to kind of equate that to what the Eagles would have had to have given up Trey to Sermon get Naheem and, Hines. Uh, yeah, like a, a, I don't know, future pick. I agree with your take on Naheem Hines and that the idea of Naheem Hines is probably better than what he actually is as a like you look at his numbers and they're pretty just bleh. like seven and a half yards per reception over the course of his career mm-hmm. isn't super uh compelling to me and consistently throughout his career it's not like he had like one year where it's way down that's dragging down that average he's been consistently around seven or eight yards uh per catch for his career they don't really need him as a runner so much the 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 idea of him is that he's you know, a guy that can make plays out of the backfield as a receiver. And a, so, and a return. You know, I, I don't think that not a big loss, in my opinion, that they, that he went to the Bills instead of the Eagles. Um, safety was, of course, another one where they could use depth behind Marcus Epps and CJ GJ. And then returner maybe was was uh, was something that I think some fans would have liked to have seen. Um, I think they at returner, they just need somebody that's not going to fumble. Just have a guy that is not going to screw up a game put the onus on the offense to make plays and score points, which they've done all season long anyway. I would say with returner, um, and this is kind of nitpicking, but I think one thing they could afford to do there is with the unique ability to, well, not unique, but like the ability to elevate people from the practice squad. It seems to me like it would be mm-hmm. worth kind of maybe funneling through some different return options. You know, again, some some guys who maybe not like, I've said this before who aren't able to cut it at their regular position, like a cornerback who might like not be able to cover, but he has some juice as a returner mm-hmm. and, you know, maybe uh, see what he's got in practice and then elevate him for a game and see if he can, you know, break a big one or something like that. Or like Jason Huntley, Devin Allen, maybe. Or, oh yeah. Or Devin yeah. Allen or Jason Huntley. I think he's out there. Like, why not? Like he's, he's a good kick returner. Can he do anything else? Probably not, but can you elevate him for a couple games mm-hmm. and have return kicks for you? I think so. And maybe you can save that for the playoffs. You know, maybe like uh, you want that extra spark or a big game or something. Um, but they're probably not going to do that. I just think that would be a, a way to kind of maybe uh, find an edge there, find a, an extra returner because the current options just aren't very inspiring. Um, but yeah, I mean, they're locked in. They didn't make a trade. I think that's fine. Uh, I wanted to note quickly that some of the moves that were made elsewhere in the league impacted uh, them or mm-hmm. moves or non moves, if you will, moves that weren't made. Yes. Um, so you can start this week. Uh, we I mentioned, I believe, on the other podcast earlier this week that Maybe the Eagles don't even have to face Brandon Cooks. Uh, he's still on the Texans roster, yeah. although it seems like much to his chagrin. Um, he didn't practice on Tuesday due to personal reasons. And then he kind of tweeted something out that didn't make it sound like he was happy about staying. So we'll monitor that. I didn't I didn't know how to take that. Was he was he not happy about staying or was he not happy about he was on the trade block? Mm, I don't know. My sense was that he, he was ha- wasn't happy he's staying, but I could be wrong. Uh, and maybe okay. it's nothing wide receiver tweets can be kind of vague or weird as we've seen maybe from, 
Jalen Rager once upon a time. Uh, the Colts. Oh, Deshaun Johnson, Deshaun Jackson for like a oh, decade. Sure. Well, I mean, he's just, yeah, that's a whole <laughs> different thing. Um, the Colts don't have Naheem Hines now. So they kind of got, they got worse. They only got kind of worse. Uh, not that I think like that's the make or break factor in an Eagles win. Yeah. The Colts, but worth noting. I mean, they're starting uh, Sam Ellinger at this point. Right. So uh, they're not a threat. The Packers didn't add receiver help, which they really needed. If they got coaxed, you know, that kind of mm-hmm. makes them a little bit more dangerous. Uh, the Bears. <laughs> Sent out Roquan Smith, so that's a big loss for their defense in addition to Robert Quinn. Uh, but they did acquire Chase Claypool, uh, who the Eagles you know, certainly didn't struggle to defend, really, except as a passer uh, this past weekend. And then I also put down that the Saints did not deal Alvin Kamara. I never thought that was going to happen, uh, right. but still worth noting that they didn't and obviously probably weren't going to, especially after they had that big win, which is really bad <laughs> for the Eagles over the Raiders. Uh, so that's all I had for the trade stuff. Well, not only did the Packers not trade for a wide receiver, neither did the Cowboys, sure. who were who wanted they were in the market for for right. Ed Warder, Ed Warder of ESPN reported that the, the Cowboys and uh, Texans were. I don't know if he said that they were close on a deal, he but made it sound like they the, were trying to work the out. Compensation wasn't the problem; it was just about that salary next year. Yeah, they couldn't agree. I guess on it's eighteen million. Uh, how next much year. of? the contract of you know, 18 million that the, the Texans were going to eat from that. And, um, and he, the way he phrased it was that they ran out of time, <laughs> which is funny to me. Like you, the, you knew, you knew when the mm-hmm. deadline was right. that you knew that the Texans would, were willing to unload him. The, wh- how could you run out of time? It's crazy to me yeah. if that's really what happened. Um, but I think that's in, who knows what the Cowboys would have been willing to give up for that. And who knows whether that would have actually been a good trade for them or not. But for the Eagles purposes this year, it's good in 2022 that Brandon Cooks isn't playing for the Cowboys. So that's a big deal. And then uh, the other team that uh, I thought could have maybe gone for a wide receiver was Tampa, uh, but they didn't make a move either. Maybe the bears kind of messed up that market by that dumbass trade for they gave up a two for that guy. And it's going to be a it's high own two. two too. Not even the Ravens two. Yeah. It's crazy that they give up. Why? What, what is the appeal? I don't get it. I just can't wait for, I, I don't get it at all. I, I um, can't wait for people to be like, cause everyone yesterday was, Oh, the bears are finally getting help for Justin Fields. Like everyone's <laughs> excited. And then give it like, I don't know, five weeks here. And everyone's gonna be like, well, Chase Claypool's not even that good. It's like, okay. <laughs> Great. <laughs> well, he's got to he's got to assimilate into. It takes time to to assimilate well, into the too. offense. His real appeal is going to be next year. Sure. When he's in the final year of his rookie deal, by but the even way. Even then, he's still not going to uh, be great. Very weird uh, front office uh, in Chicago, and the results on the field probably uh, reflect that. All right. Yeah. Eagles, Texans. Uh, what do you see? All right. Eagles. What, what's the obvious thing that you see? Eagles will win. What else do we have for today's podcast? Um, <laughs> I mean, this team is bad. They're a really bad team. Let me go through what they've done so far this year very quickly to make to make uh, to, to, to paint the picture here um, for why they're a bad team. OK, so they, they tied the Colts in overtime week one at home. OK, great. Colts mm-hmm. who have clearly not looked very good at all. Uh, one kind of fluky win over the Chiefs aside. Then they only scored nine points and a loss to the Broncos on the road. But the Broncos have stunk, man. The Broncos have looked pretty bad almost all year long. Mm-hmm. So they, they lost to that team. Then they only lost by three points to the Bears in Chicago. And the Bears, as I just said, are not very good. Then uh, they go and lose their first game of the season by double digits to the Chargers. That's at home. Um, 
Chargers have also not been very good and very inspiring this year. Like they're not like a like a fun team to watch. It's kind of painful. Right. Then they beat the Jags uh on the road, but they only scored 13 points in that game. And again, the Jags have struggled mightily since, you know, starting the season uh hot, quote unquote. Then they get blown out by the Raiders. Uh the Raiders who just got shut out in New Orleans. The Raiders dropped 38 on them, uh, and that was the Texans' second game this year where it was not a one-score game. And then this most recent game, I mean, <laughs> Malik, Malik Willis was not even like passing the ball. It was they just yeah. the Titans just ran the ball all game long, and they still won seventeen to ten. So like this Texans team, they stink, man. They're not good. Every, everyone in the stadium knew they were going to run the ball a lot, and uh, Derrick Henry went off for like two hundred and thirty something yards, I think. Um, they've been dreadful against the run the entire season. They're averaging one hundred and eighty six yards rushing yards allowed per game. You look at like the last 20 years and the worst uh, rush defense team over that span was the the Owen 16 Lions in 2008. And they gave up like 171 rushing yards per game, I think. <laughs> the Texans are blowing them out of the water. Do you think Jim Schwartz actually, was traumatized I, by I, that? And that's why he prioritized the run from there on out? That like, could very well be. Nightmares. Yeah. Well, he wasn't there for that. That was morning. Oh, I thought he was there the, for that, though. Was, I guess. No, I think that was over after. Um, I think okay. so. Yeah. I think that's when he got the job thereafter. Uh, but yeah, I mean, but, but yeah, the, the, that Mary very well may be wanted to fix that first and foremost, which makes sense. Uh, but I had, I had listed like the, the 10 worst rush defense teams in the, uh, in the NFL over the last uh, uh, 20 years of my five matchups to watch or whatever. And all 10 of them, well, there was one team that I think went eight and eight. I don't remember who they were, but all the rest of them won six games or fewer. So anyway, not not that this is a high level analysis mm-hmm. here, but if you can't stop the run to that, to that degree, you are not going to win many, many games. Obviously, the Eagles are a very good rushing offense. They were number one offense uh, in the NFL last year uh, on, on the ground. They're maybe not on that level so far this year, uh, but certainly they, they have been very effective on the ground. Uh, so far in 2022. So uh, my high level analysis here is the Eagles should probably run the ball a little bit in this game. Yeah, I think so. Uh, I think there's, you know, the conventional wisdom, which isn't technically or not like always how it uh, should go according to analytics as you run to set up the pass, you know, set up play action and things like that. Mm-hmm. I think it's possible we see that in this game. I, I'm thinking it may be possibly the other way where you actually try to like maybe, I don't know, take a deep shot to Quez Watkins, who has not sure. been involved early on in the game, uh, to pass to set up the run. And um, and and kind of, you know, because I think the Texans, I would think, might adjust and try to expect the Eagles to be run heavy after what just happened mm-hmm. to them and maybe try to overcorrect uh, after just getting destroyed by the Titans on the ground like that. Um, so we'll see. But yeah, I mean, the Eagles have too many things going for them on offense. And this Texan, like, who was who was scaring you on this Texans team, especially defensively? Like, so my game plan would be don't throw towards Derek Stingley as much as you can because he's you know he's talented, right? And probably don't need to go after him. Um, and the other guy, their other corners, by the way, is Stephen uh, Nelson, that's right? Yeah, former Eagle Stephen Nelson. You know, who's, <laughs> who's solid, but certainly a guy who can be had. Uh, yeah, and like who else? I mean. Jerry Hughes. So, I mean, if you're a listener, like take a moment to try to mentally think of how many defensive players can you even name on this Texans yeah. team? <laughs> you know, like I had, a, I, 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 st- I thought about that before I even like started to take a look at them. And I came up with like four or five guys. Stingley uh, is, is a starter as a rookie. Mm-hmm. 
They have another rookie starter uh, safety in Jalen Petrie, yeah. who's been okay. Like he's uh, he can make plays on the football. Has been horrendous tackling so far. So if you can maybe get the ball in the hands of AJ Brown or Dallas Goddard, um, those guys can get yards after the catch uh, against this defense probably. And then you got Steven Nelson. Desmond King is a is a nice all around player. He's their slot corner who can also play outside corner, can also play safety. I thought he might have made sense actually at the trade deadline for the Eagles mm-hmm. as sort of a do everything kind of guy in the secondary, can fill in a lot of different places, and, and then also can return yeah. punts. So like I thought he made a lot of sense. Uh, nothing got done there, obviously. Uh, but their linebackers are bad. They don't have much of a pass rush. There's it's just a bad defense all around. And then offensively, Davis Mills has a nice has a good arm. Um, he has not often thrown the ball down the field, so they'll take occasional deep shots, but they are wholly ineffective in the intermediate parts of the field, and they have pretty much lived near the line of scrimmage in their passing game. The one guy that I think does that like the one guy that I think is like a legit good player is another rookie in Damian Pierce. Yeah. That guy can break tackles, uh very physical runner has like a low center of gravity, like one of those kind of guys that uh, you're not going to arm tackle them. Um, and if there's one thing that we've seen from this Eagles defense in, you know, a few games is that they've struggled tackling. Yep. Like we saw that against uh, the Lions week one. What was it? The Cardinals game, I guess. Uh, they, they struggled tackling. There was even a play um, last so, week against the Steelers where I think it might have been against Claypool where like it should have been second and six or something like second and five. Like they had him contact mm-hmm. to that point. But he just kept like running and powering through, and he didn't get first down. I'm like, what? The, what that's terrible. <laughs> yeah, oh, I remember, yeah. I think they were ripping at the ball and not getting him to the right. ground. And he and Claypool was just like, okay, well, I'll just keep getting yards then. So, yeah, they got to be careful with that, particularly with Pierce. And then also because, like I said, like they they just live near the line of scrimmage in their passing game, uh, where they're just throwing short passes and hoping to get yards after the catch. So they have to be on point. Uh, tackling in this game defensively. But like you said, this is just a really, really bad. This is arguably the worst team in the NFL. Yeah. Um, they're last in a lot they of just NFL played a Steelers power team. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're, uh, I think they're last in DVOA. They just faced a Steelers yep. team that was last in the NFL in point differential. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think this team is even worse uh, than the Steelers. And be real, really beneficial uh, if the Eagles could just blow this team out in the first qu- in the first half. And kind of rest guys like they did against the Steelers for for you know a big chunk of the second half. Um, of course, they gotta they gotta play well. <laughs> you know, in the NFL, you, teams just don't roll over for you, so they gotta play well in the first half to, in order to do that. And uh, ultimately, I think they will. They are also you you are correct. The Texans are last in DVOA. The Eagles are second and approaching first. By the way, Aaron Schatz did an article about that for Football Outsiders. The Bills are number one. Okay, the Bills have closed the gap kind of there a bit. So uh, mm. kind of interesting thing to watch especially if you like advanced analytics. Maybe not that interesting, but um, if you like that kind of stuff, uh, Texans are also dead last in PFF's like overall grading. So, you know, basically almost any metric, they're they're very bad. There's there's not much you can yeah. point to there that is like, oh, they're actually good. Uh, no. And you know, like the coaching, like, what are we doing? Like, Lovey, how is Lovey Smith a head coach in 2022? <laughs> like, I know the answer to that. And it's because, you know, the Texans kind of botched their head coaching shirts and, you know, um, different things going on there. But like, come on. Uh, look, Lovey Smith is just not one of the best 32 head coaches in the NFL. Not a compelling retread. No, there, there, there are some retreads where you go, okay. And then there are other retreads where you eh, I was so never much. the biggest Lovey fan, even like when he was like better and good. Um, you know, I don't think he was this bad back then, but clearly it's just, 
you know, I think the league has passed him by. Well, they, they what what happened week one with them? Didn't they uh, just not go for a win in overtime? They, yeah, they punted. I think they one. played for the tie, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> so yeah, that's like that's the head coach they have there. So I mean, yeah, the Eagles yeah. have an edge in every conceivable way. I think uh, there is absolutely a guard against this being a trap game, in part because Nick Sirianni admitted like the Eagles were preparing for this game in addition to uh, the Steelers game because of the bye, because they had that extra time and mm-hmm. they kind of did some advance work on the Texans there. And they obviously pulled their starters in the Steelers game. So they even got some, you know, like some rest for some of those guys and, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and, and we're in the lock. It's a short week too. They don't have a lot of time to think about, yes. you know, the, upcoming opponents and oh, whatnot and, and, and it's just and kind of... like and how they won <laughs> you know like they're not like just not like they're like oh we, you know big win over the Steelers we're so happy about that still no it's like it's very much turned the page they're doing it in the locker yeah. room they had the freaking you know massage tables and everything right so uh I, I don't here this is my pet peeve not every game by a good team against a bad team is a trap game because somehow people think that or like talk about that every time that's not how trap games work. That, just because there's a big disparity or like someone's big favorites, that doesn't mean it's a trap. A trap should be defined by you're coming off like a big emotional win. Like mm-hmm. that took a lot of like kind of like, you know, the NFC championship game was kind of a trap for the Vikings because they came off this huge miracle play. That was such a big right. thing for them. It's this emotional letdown the next week where, you know, they're like, wow, we just won this, and now we're going to be the first team to ever host a Super Bowl. <laughs> and guess what? They did yeah. it. So they kind of fell into a trap there. Like That's more of a trap scenario. And I talked about the Cardinals game kind of this year for the Eagles kind of being a trap scenario where they come off this big win. Who did they play the week before? Was that the oh, – so that was – who did they play in week four? Because so they played the Cardinals in week five. Right? The Eagles? Yeah. They played the Commanders week okay, four. Okay, so it was the so they played the Commanders in week four. It's the Wentz thing. Jalen Hurts has this big game. No, 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 no. They they played the Commanders week That's three, and then they played the Jaguars week. Okay, four. Jags yeah. week four. Um, you know, game over Doug, whatever, big win. Uh, they're four and zero. Everyone's excited, and then and they beat a, a team, Jags team at the time that was thought to be better than you know they are now. Mm-hmm. And it's like right. okay, Cardinals stink. They're gonna roll them, and then they had the Dallas game coming up. So that to me that was more of a trap scenario. Uh, I just don't think that's what this is here. I don't think it's like, oh, they're overlooking to Monday Night Football against the Commanders. Uh, so right. I don't, I don't buy the trap game angle. And Jalen Hurts is from Houston. I think that's significant too. I think there's something to him going back to, like where he's from and wanting to put on right. a big show for a lot of people that he's going to have at that game. I don't think this is being overlooked by them at all. Yeah, like if I played for Houston and I was coming back to play against Marlton. <laughs> I'd be fired up. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Let's take our first break. Uh, Go ahead. Well, righteousselling.com, discount code BGN15, 15% off. And then Kristen Roach, 856-906-9295 if you're looking to buy or sell your home brand. Also, roachfielders.com. Back after this. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a PropGPod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropGPod wherever you get your podcasts. 
With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. And we're back here on BGN Radio. Time to get into our NFL picks against the spread. Of course, before we do, I want to mention that the uh, DraftKings Bleeding Your Nation same game parlay hit last week, Jimmy. I did uh, Eagles Monday oh, yeah? line. What'd you do? I did Jalen Hurts over 220 passing yards, and I did A.J. Brown anytime touchdown score, and it hit. And if I'm not mistaken... Oh, that hit early. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I should have done more touchdowns for A.J. Brown if that was possible, but uh, and more, maybe more passing yards. But anyway, I think I forget exactly what the odds were, but I think if you bet like $10, you won like 42 or something. So, you know, not bad. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see if we can keep that going this week. I don't know what it, it will be yet. Uh, especially because the game is coming up here on Thursday. But um, every week, the season will be cooking our own same-game parlay that our good friends at Jeff Kings will put right on their homepage for all of you, the loyal BGN radio listeners, to follow. Uh, we will announce that again at the at Bleeding Green Twitter account and possibly on the at Bleeding Green Insta, the Instagram account as well when they go live. So be sure to check those out. Each week, DraftKings has new offers and great ways to make your Sunday more fun. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Jimmy, when it comes to our picks against the spread records, I beat you last week. I went three and two. You went two and three. Uh, you are now 14 and 16 on the season. I am 16 and 14. So flip that for you. And I'm two games ahead. And then we are six and one mm-hmm. when it comes to the Eagles yeah. straight up picks. So we, we start this week and I'll let you go first. The Vikings are three and a half point favorites at the Washington. Commanders. Is that it? Three and a half? Ooh, maybe Dan. That's three and a half, and Dan Snyder might be selling the team. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, I guess he is. I don't know how that works. Where they hired a they hired Bank of America, uh, aka Bofa, Bofa, uh, <laughs> uh, to I guess start the process of maybe looking at the possibilities of selling the team. But it looks like that the wheels are in motion there. Uh, three and a half seems really low. I don't know what that's all about. The commanders have a spark with Taylor Heineke uh, playing quarterback instead of Carson Wentz. Uh, But the Vikings are just a substantially better team. This is a one o'clock game, right? There's no like primetime Kirk Cousins going on here, right? So so. uh, yeah, I'll lay the three and a half on Kirk Cousins and the Vikings all day. Easy, easy call here. What are we doing? Three and a half? Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think the commander's last two wins, I said this to RJ on the mixtape, uh, NFC East mixtape, which you can find here in the Bleeding Green, name, Bleeding Green Nation podcast feed. I think the commander's last two wins say more about the opponents than they really do. Like the commanders being back, like the Packers are bad in, in a bad way. And so are the Colts. Um, so I'm not saying like, you know, like the commanders are back just because they beat those teams. Uh, I still think Vike, uh, Kirk Cousins has Kirk Cousins has disdain for this organization. So I think, you know, that's still a motivating factor for him. And regardless, the Vikings are just better. So yeah, I'll take the Vikings. I have a quick and anecdote, say, anecdote uh, on the Vikings on the on the on the commanders, okay. by the way. I don't know if you were down there. Sorry. Uh, one last point is do not celebrate the commanders 
potentially being sold by Dan Snyder. I think people have a kind of a like NFL hat on when they do that because it's probably mm-hmm. better for the league and you know better for humanity if he doesn't own the team. But it's very much a bad development for the Eagles because literally any <laughs> doesn't matter any other owner they have is an automatic upgrade on Dan Snyder, and that is not good for the Eagles. The Eagles should want him to be in the division, not want not, not they should not want him to sell the team. Better for uh, what's your story. <laughs> So on the uh, two things, actually, on the way home from the Eagles, um, their their last game, Eagles Steelers game, I stopped at uh, a bar in Marlton on the way home and uh, I caught the end of the Commanders Colts game when Terry McLaurin made that big catch Mm -hmm. at the end of the game. And there was some Commanders fan in the bar screaming at the top of his lungs. I believe I believe <laughs> it was very weird. It, and I don't know why he would believe in that team in any way, but he was screaming at the top of his lungs in the bar. I believe, uh, I guess the commanders did get to four and four, uh, which, you know, the NFC East Great. is it's crazy how many games they won and what the Denise Salmon uh, puts together there. Uh, outside of division record every week. And I think they're like 19 and mm. four or something like that. in games played outside of the NFC East. I don't know if that's, I don't know if that's accurate. Excuse me. You can fact check me on that one. The other note that I have for my trip to the bar uh, post game was I ran into Gary Cobb. And this is the second time I've run into oh. him at a bar on my way home from an Eagles game. The last time was at PJ Wheelahan's in uh, Cherry Hill. I was a cheese and pizza Marlton to be clear. Uh, the first, the, when I ran into him the first time, there's this like 20 something bartender that was just hitting on Gary Cobb. Like, <laughs> I was like, where's the story going? <laughs> I was like, what's going on here? I mean, just all over Gary Cobb saying how like, well, he was dressed and blah, 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 blah. Gary Cobb, like wanted nothing to do with it. Gary Cobb is married happily. I'm sure. Uh, it was, you know, like, was resisting these advances from the bartender, but I was like, what is going on here? And then uh, I ran into him again uh, after the Eagles Steelers game. And this time there was like these three middle-aged dudes who were like, just wanted to talk football with him. I was like, okay, everything's right in the world again here. This is more like what I would expect people to have people to react to Gary Cobb at the bar. Uh, Not what I, (laughs) not the 20, not the hot 20 something bartender. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like all over them. Anyway, sorry for that side uh <laughs> for that sidebar. What's the next game, Brandon? Ravens are two and a half point favorites at the New Orleans Saints on Monday night football. I regret making clearly the Raiders yeah. my lock of the week last week. How did how did they not score a point? Like what what the hell is that? They get shut out? Are you kidding me? Like what is that? You have Devontae Adams. What are you doing? The Saints aren't even good. I think Adams what had like that? one catch for six. I know the Raiders haven't been like great, but like game. Yeah, like what is it that what is that that's just like what i i feel cheated i don't feel dumb for taking the raiders i feel cheated like that's okay maybe they lose a close game sure whatever but like they get shut out any case uh i'm gonna take the ravens to cover here i'm not buying the saints just because they shut out the yeah this is another easy line what did you say it was two and a half the two ravens half. are way better than this what what are we doing and i get like okay it's in new orleans or whatever so there's a bump on the, but the Ravens are way better than the Ravens all day. I mean, who did the Ravens beat this past week, by the way? They won pretty easily. 
Well, they have the rest advantage because they played the oh, Bucks. Oh, that's right. On yeah, and they, they beat them pretty easily. They they were comf- it was a comfortable win, and yeah, now they have. Even though they didn't, I thought look great at the beginning. Yes, they kind of a slow start. So they got them, that extra rest. Came back. Yeah, give me the Ravens all day. Yeah, I agree. Um, that will drop the Saints to what? what They're three and uh, five now. Three and six. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's dicey too because like the NFC South is really bad. The Falcons are in top at mm-hmm. four and four, and the Saints have a tiebreaker over them. So again really need the Saints to lose games here and not uh, get in a position to win the South. Not going to be uh, easy, by the way, but if you're an Eagles fan, to... you just got to hold your nose and root for the Buccaneers because they need somebody other than the than the Saints to win the NFC South. Or the Falcons. Yeah, yeah Falcons uh, ideally, but that's less Eagles. likely to happen. I don't know. Do you think there's a non-zero chance Tom Brady retires in season? I think it's a higher than 0% chance. I think it's very low, but I do think it's higher than zero. I think it's a non-zero chance because what's left. I mean, if imagine if Brady was like the commander's quarterback for the, like it, the point being in mm-hmm. a really good division, like what would be the point of him staying around? Like what is left for him here? Yeah. Like what, what if they're three and point, nine? Just be like, I'm done. Yeah. It's just like, <laughs> what are you playing for? I don't <laughs> yeah. just get out of there. Like, See ya. I'm done. That would that would really, uh, a lot of people would would hate that. That would really tarnish his image in a lot of people's minds if he just quit on his team at some point, like mid season. I get it, but possibly. But I think he could still get away with it yeah. with everything he's done. I think people would overlook that in the long run. Uh, Eagles fourteen. Oh, it's up to fourteen now. Huh? On the road. <laughs> okay. It's up to fourteen. Eagles are fourteen point favorites on the road at the Texans again. I gave the context mm. earlier. The Texans have only played two games this year where they have not uh, been in one score games, but there's been some garbage time involved as well. Um, why don't yeah, they go got first? a garbage touchdown at the end of the game last week against the Titans. Uh, I think Pierce actually caught a touchdown pass. They were down fourteen and narrowed the the lead to seven with like seconds left. Uh, whatever. Yeah, I'll I'll still lay the fourteen on the Eagles here because this team's got nothing. I mean, they just, they really have nothing, and I think mm-hmm. the Eagles are just going to steamroll them in the first half. Um, take it easy in the second half, maybe. It's, which you know they they when they do take it easy in the second half, they do tend to give up these backdoor covers or come close to it anyway. Um, so it's a little dice. I would never bet this game. Like this is not a game that I would ever look at the schedule and go, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna yeah. pick one team or the other here. I don't like big lines. Uh, either way, but um, yeah, I, I, but you know, if I have to pick, I'll take the Eagles minus the fourteen because this team, they, this team just has they have nothing, they have nothing going for them whatsoever. Yeah, I mean, the Eagles can blow teams out. I mean, they've had a fourteen point mm-hmm. lead every game. What every game. every game this year <laughs> yeah. at least still. So so like it's really not crazy to think they could get up fourteen here for sure. And I think there is something to. Uh, they had this extra time to prepare during the bye. There's something to pulling the players early and resting. Like this, they seem to be in a good spot uh, heading into this game. They're mostly healthy outside of Jordan Davis, and it looks like Josiah Scott will mm-hmm. also miss this game. Um, Eagles signed Javelin Gidry. Gidry to the practice squad. Gidry to the practice squad. Uh, great yeah. name. Yeah, and he's Javelin. fast, too. Love he's that. like, he ran a 4-3 uh, something. He's fast. Uh, oh, 4-2, four, two, okay. I and yeah. I think it was with the Jets, maybe, like four, for two, a little nine. while. Yeah. But he's he's a small guy. I, I saw yeah, him in the Jets, locker room the Raiders, yesterday. Little little Cardinals. little dude. Yeah, like a slot kind of. He he can potentially fill like you know a Josiah Scott mm-hmm. role of a slot guy who can also play on special teams, uh, if need be. Uh, yeah, but give me give me the Eagles here. I mean, 
how are you betting against them? <laughs> like you're you're just relying on a backdoor cover. Is that something you really want to like root for or or bet on? Like no, I think the Eagles have what it takes to blow this team out. Uh, so and and the Texans are also banged up a little bit, by the way, too. Like Nico Collins mm-hmm. hasn't practiced this week. He's second on the team in receiving. I don't know where Brandon Cook's headspace is at. Right. He's on first on the team in receiving and hasn't even been like that good this year. Uh, like, certainly down year for him relative to other years. Um, and they're also missing another Collins, Malik Collins, potentially their starting defensive tackle, former Cowboys player. So uh, they're not even good to begin with, and they're missing some starters. John, like, John on, Mechie, me too, Eagles. by the way, who they took in the second round um, out of Alabama. Yeah. Before the season even began, it was revealed he has some form of leukemia, um, which he can recover mm. from that. But it's uh, it was at the end of the season before it even began. Um, so, yeah, they they were sort of counting on him. He, he might have started this year if – if uh, if he had not learned that he had that. Right. But so, yeah, I mean, they just don't have a lot on, and a couple of offensive linemen, I think are dinged up. Uh, and it's an all right. They actually have two good tackles. We should mention that's the one thing they, they have is yeah. Larry Mutonsil at left, at left tackle and um, tight Titus Howard, <laughs> who the, yep. who the Texans had to settle for when the Eagles traded up ahead of them to take uh, Andre Dillard, Titus Howard wound up being the better player uh, of those two guys, but they, they have a good, uh, you know, offensive tackle duo but the interior stinks so the eagles uh in fletcher cox and and javon hargrave they'll miss jordan davis but uh, i think that that's a good matchup for for cox and uh and hargrave in in this game Uh, but yeah certainly the eagles are a much more healthier team than not just the texans but pretty much every other team in the nfl i know you're tight on time but i wanted to get quickly your thoughts on uh like what are you going to do as because you're going to the yeah. game you're going to be watching from nrg stadium what are you going to do with the phillies on also that night for a potential yeah closeout so game? i'll get an uber to my hotel immediately once uh once i get in there and then um uh, i'm going to meet up with the inquirer guys uh mclean tolentino and ej uh where they're they're staying closer to the astro stadium I'm closer to the Texan stadium. Yeah. So apparently they're like four or five miles apart. It's like a 15, 20 minute uh, Uber ride. So mm-hmm. I'll get over there and uh, we'll get some, we'll probably have uh, a few drinks. Maybe uh, we're adults. We're allowed to have that if, if, if we want to <laughs> when we're on the road, but yeah, I'll be watching the, uh, the, the Phillies uh, Astros Astros games with, with, with those guys. Um, of course, the could Eagles... be over before it's done though. I feel like, couldn't it? Cause they started eight Wait, say again. Like, couldn't the game be over before you're able to do that? Like, because the game starts at eight. The Phillies you mean game tonight? starts at eight. No, oh, I meant oh, no, no, no. I'm, I'm talking. Like, I'm talking about today. Game. So yeah. I'm. I'm gonna. Oh. No, no one cares about oh, today. So Jimmy. during I mean, the game, I'm talking about like the conflict. <laughs> yeah, during yeah. the game. Uh, I mean, they they start almost c- pretty close together. So like the Eagles game is what eight twenty. And then the World Series game is what eight oh five. Eight fifteen for the Philly uh, for the Eagles, and then eight oh three yeah. for the Phillies. So. I mean, hopefully they just blow them out and I can pay more attention to the Phillies game. I'll have it on. I'm bringing my daughter's iPad with me and hopefully I can watch Mm. the Phillies game on that. I'm sure they'll probably have it on the monitors there because everyone in the press box, Eagles reporters and Houston reporters, they're all going to care more about the the baseball game than than the football game. So I'm sure they'll have it on. And then uh, Friday, I'll be able to get back in time to watch it on TV. Uh, I think I forget what my flight is, but I'll I'll see. Hopefully there isn't a need to watch on Friday. Uh, no, they. Well, no, there's no game on Friday. Oh, good. Yeah. So, so that's the off day then. So they. Yeah. Because, well, they're well. Hopefully it's. Yeah, yeah, There yeah. is gotcha. no day right, because right, right. They're, they're up two oh, one. Right. They win tonight, tonight and they win tomorrow. tomorrow and it's over. Yeah, yeah. 
I, if they won in five, that'd be that'd be, I, that that's really what would be nuts for. if they beat this team in five. I don't think it's impossible. They have not lost in Philly, Jimmy. They're, they're and the, and it's not that's not RJ keep, keeps poo pooing the effect of the, the crowd. Oh yeah, no, Dude, it's legit. This crowd is nuts. Of course it is. Like, do not downplay this crowd. Like, it's it's, 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 it's a game ball over. game. It's yeah. over. <laughs> like as as soon as that crowd jumps <laughs> yes. on you, like you're done. Yeah, you're done. You're not coming back against that. You're done. They're going to break because they're just going to get on you and they're going to break your spirit and they're going to cheat every single freaking thing and they're going to get in your head and they're going to harass you all game long. Like they shut them out with all like their low level relievers. They didn't have that was huge. They were able to blow them out because they didn't have to use uh, uh, Alvarado and uh, and um, man, uh, Sir Anthony. Yeah. Rangers awesome, yes. by the way. Ranger Suarez, like really awesome dude, awesome player. Um, that that he came in in game one and gave him like some shutdown innings, and then comes back a few <laughs> right. days later and then had a shutout start. Like, I dude, love the play where awesome. he's not going like, to win the, on the comebacker where it hit his glove and the ball kind of rolled away. Yeah, as as like nonchalantly as you could look, just picked up the ball, throw it. Yeah, it was it reminded me a little bit, not quite, but of when like. Cliff Lee, of Cliff <laughs> the Lee. little pop over, he yeah. just put his hand out. The, the, he, he was he he made that play as closely as nonchalantly as Cliff did back in the day. That is something that I think I've grown to appreciate in sports coverage in general. Athletes who are just incredibly composed. Yep. that's such a valuable skill. Like Nick Foles, Hurts, um, Cliff Lee, uh, Ranger, and I was like, yes, Jalen Hurts. Also, like dudes who are just like mm-hmm. ice in their veins, not rattled even a little bit. Um, and by contrast, you know. Someone like Carson Wentz. So, uh, yeah, uh, I think that's definitely something. So I'm excited for the Phils. I'm wearing my Phils hat and Phils shirt on tonight. Again, I'm going to go to the ballpark tonight. I'll be watching along with uh, um, James Helter and uh, Jack Fritz. So excited to to see the game uh, in person with those guys. I'm undefeated, as I said earlier uh, to you. I don't know if I said it on the podcast. Um, so, uh, yeah, let's keep it rolling. Let's get a, a Phils win here. Go up 3-1. Set up this potential like just what an epic night it would be. I mean, obviously who cares about the mm-hmm. Eagles beating the Texans like in a vacuum, but the idea of like the Eagles going to eight and O that being more meaningful than the win, just this they're off to mm-hmm. that's never happened before. Right. I'm pretty sure they've never gone eight and O seven and O was their best start. That was in 2004. Uh, Cause I saw, I'm pretty sure about that. I was like trying to double check it. I saw somewhere that seven and O matched their franchise record for best start. So that then eight and O would then be the new record. So Imagine that best franchise start for the Eagles ever eight. No. Uh, and the Phillies right. in the world series on the same right. night. Like that's just incredible. So I am looking forward to hopefully doing that on broad street, celebrating on broad street on Friday, uh, Thursday night. So if you see me there now um, that I'm thinking about it more, like after the Eagles games over, of course we go down to the locker room and we go to like all the post game press conferences and stuff. The Phillies game's still going on. I might just skip all that. I might yeah. just sit in the in the press box and just sure. watch the rest of the game. I, I wonder if that'll be what everyone yeah. does. Mm, I mean, some people, no, I don't think everyone. But yeah, I mean, you're talking about player reactions to a, a win over a team they're right. expected to beat versus a once-in-a-lifetime World Series clinch <laughs> yes. moment. Yeah. I mean, maybe some people will be asking them about the Phillies game. I don't know. Maybe the, hey, maybe they'll they be probably watching would in the locker be, yeah. Maybe they'll have it on. Actually, yeah. one of my favorite moments after a game ever was after they beat the Commanders. Well, not the you know the 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 R words uh, a few or a few years ago, and they needed the Vikings to lose. The Vikings game hadn't yet yeah. ended, and uh, against and, the Bears, uh, they yeah. wa- they were watching that game. 
uh, after their game was over, and they were all mm-hmm. cheering because the Vikings were losing that game. <laughs> so it was very, it's very yeah. fun watching the, uh, the the Bears beat them in that game. Uh, you know, in the locker room after the game, that that was very fun. Yeah, um, excited, can't wait. Ah, oh, man, love it. All right, this has been BGN Radio, episode two eighty six. Uh, we will be back with you Friday, Saturday, some point, some point after the Texans game slash after the Phillies win the World Series to react to both of those things. Again, sorry if you're not a Phillies fan and you're kind of having to sort through all this, but uh, whatever. Uh, It's a big deal. And shout out to the Union, by the way. I have neglected them. Mm -hmm. I saw someone mention that in the Apple podcast reviews. I mean, they're they're playing for the MLS Cup final Mm -hmm. on Saturday. So that's a pretty big deal as well. So uh, maybe we can touch on that as well. I can get your soccer thoughts, Jimmy. Uh, this has been BGN radio subscribe to the bleeding your nation podcast feed. Check out the YouTube channel as well. Make sure you follow there. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Brandon Gowton, uh, at Jimmy Kemsky, same handle for Instagram for both of us. Uh, you can check out righteous discount code BGN 15 for 15% off your order. The snacks that the Eagles eat. You can check out Kristen Roach of Roach Realtors.com. If you're looking to buy, sell or rent a house, you can also use this phone number to contact her. Eight five six nine zero six nine two nine five. Go Phils, and we'll be back sooner than later. Goodbye, everybody. B G N. <laughs>